From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Lots of us are familiar with string quartets, piano quartets, wind quartets, even barbershops, Sweet Adeline's included, and gospel quartets. But maybe not so familiar with classical vocal quartets. I haven't heard so very many, but there is some research. Turns out the tradition goes quite a ways back, with Brahms and Schubert having written lots of music for four voices, mostly for salon performances. And then in opera, plenty of instances where four singers claim the stage at once, sometimes seeming more like a competition than a quartet, and both Beethoven's Ninth Symphony and the Verdi Requiem feature vocal quartets. Well, hopefully today's show will bring more awareness of vocal quartets. Joining me in the studio to sing a variety of classical favorites are the four singers of the University of Utah's Graduate Vocal Quartet. They are Gretchen Wint, Clara Hurtado-Lee, Daniel Tuutau, and David Sauer. They're all currently doctoral students in voice, and we're glad to have them in the studio, along with their accompanist, talented pianist Jed Moss, seated at the Steinway. We'll start with a piece from Rigoletto, famous quartet from Act Three of Verdi's opera, Beautiful Daughter of Love, Bella Figlia dell'Amore. <laughs> So 
Amore performed by the University of Utah's Graduate Vocal Quartet. You're listening to Highway 89. Daniel Tutau has been an original member of this quartet since its founding in 2011, is that right? Correct. Now, we all know that music programs in schools are a great idea, at least those of us who've been able to be part of them, but somehow you always managed to be part of a really big deal music program. Was that just the luck of the draw? Just the luck of the draw. Yeah, I'm, I am I grew up in Los Angeles in the inner city of L.A., so pretty bad neighborhoods. And kind of the opera capital of the <laughs> Southern California, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, so I actually, I'm, I'm from the hood, uh -huh. where my mom wanted to make sure that I uh, didn't get wrangled up with the uh, with the bad kids in the neighborhood so she always sent me to other schools that would uh, sort of help me out and so from first grade on I've been in performing arts magnet schools so these magnet schools sort of focused on a subject and the ones I was in focused on the arts uh -huh. so uh, visual and performing arts from first through eighth grade and then through high school I went to Hollywood high school performing arts magnet and then went to college and did music and so this is all I've done actually my whole life so when did the singing come in 
in elementary school, uh, the choir teacher at school heard me and thought I was pretty good and uh, recommended I join the Los Angeles Children's Chorus. And uh, they're sort of the go-to choir for the LA Philharmonic or the, or the LA Opera when they wanted children's voices. Mm -hmm. And so um, at age 11, 12, I started singing with a professional children's chorus. Really, that's it's pretty unique that you would do that on this arc from a very young age. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that you know, in in junior high, I sang in that choir, and then it was for children's voices. So once I hit high school, I you know, started to sound like a man, and so I uh, wasn't in the choir anymore. And so uh, I got into musical theater in high school, and then when I got to college, there wasn't any musical theater. There was opera and art song at the institution I was at, and so I started becoming an opera singer. And hey, and part of a quartet like this, I mean, you don't have to sit backstage for you know one yeah. act to your character. You can just. Like today, we leapt right into this most dramatic moment. Yeah. Well, and I'm the baritone of the group, so actually I get to sit around for the first couple minutes of the uh, of this quartet particularly <laughs> and just enjoy the music myself. But uh, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to collaborate with such really good performers. And, and uh, you know, this is my job right now for the university, so that's, you couldn't ask for more. That's great. Well, we're going to hear more. We'll let you go take your place. Next, we'll be hearing from the opera Don Giovanni by Mozart. If you're familiar with the opera, you may recall a duet happening in the in Act One, featuring Don Giovanni and a woman, he is one of the many. He is trying to convince to come home with him. This is there we will give each other our hands. La ci darem la mano. La ci darem la mano. La mi dirai di sì. Vedi non è lontano.
That's La Cidarem La Mano from Don Giovanni, sung by Gretchen Wint and Daniel Tutau. Next is the piece from The Secret Garden, based on the book lots of kids read this over the years uh, by Francis Hudson Burnett until 1991. It was made into a Broadway musical. And we will hear Archibald Craven, the uncle of Mary, and the Dr. Neville Craven as they sing, both from different viewpoints, about Lily's eyes. Strangely quiet, but now the storm simply rests to strike again. Standing, waiting, I think of her, I think of Strange, this Mary, she leaves the room, yet remains, she lingers her spell all night we hear her sighs and now a girl has come who has her eyes she has her eyes the girl has lily's hazel eyes those eyes that saw him happy long ago those eyes that gave him life and hope he'd never know how can he see this girl and miss those hairs she has her eyes, the girl has Lily's hazel eyes, those eyes that closed and left me all alone. Those eyes I feel will never ever let me go. How can I see this girl who has her hazel eyes? In Lily's eyes, a castle, this house seemed to be, and I her Bravest night became my lady fair was she. She has her eyes, she has my lily's hazel eyes, those eyes that love my brother, never me. Those eyes that never saw me, never knew I longed to hold her close, to live at last in Eyes from the Secret Garden, performed by Daniel Tuatau and David Sauer. Our guests today are doctoral students in voice at the University of Utah and members of the school's most prestigious vocal quartet. 
Gretchen Wint, mezzo-soprano. Gretchen, thank you for coming in and singing today. My pleasure. Thank you. Now, this is not like art songs. This is different because you have characters. And I'm just watching the four of you, depending on which character you are. It's all over your face, and it's still the interplay, even though we're just standing here in front of microphones. That's really part of singing this way, isn't it's it? It's so important. The character colors the voice in a way that, um, especially in a, in a venue like this where people can't see our faces, it's all the more important for us to put all the emotion and all the feeling we can into the voices. And having the faces sort of reflect the character makes a major impact on how our voices carry. Well, it's fun to watch. I'd have <laughs> to you. say that and to listen to. Originally, you're from Chicago. Were you exposed to all those great operas and symphonies that are available there? I was incredibly lucky. Um, I grew up going to Lyric Opera of Chicago, and I actually even sang with uh, Chicago Symphony Chorus for five seasons, working with conductors like Daniel Berenboim and Pierre Boulez, and just having incredible music experiences at such a high level at such an early age. It was fantastic. I guess they're okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably biased. <laughs> so a lot of your experience has been as an apprentice artist with various groups, Sugar Creek Symphony, Song Festival in Illinois, Sarasota Opera in Florida, and with the Utah Symphony and Opera. When I hear apprentice, I think the blacksmith, you know, the one right? doing, working the bellows <laughs> while the guy does the hammering. What is that? What is an apprenticeship in, in a vocal world? Uh, apprenticeships are sort of like internships is how I describe them a lot. Um, it's sort of a transition as you're moving out of more academic situations, mm -hmm. hoping to get more professional experience. A lot of times companies will want younger singers to sing chorus or maybe cover roles or do outreach where we're going to schools and introducing kids to opera. And it's uh, very beneficial for both the singer and for the company because they get a high level of singer to sing in the chorus or to do these outreach shows. And then as the singer, you're working with fantastic coaches, conductors, stage directors, again, at this very high level. And it sort of um, increases your development even further. So we're going to hear, speaking of development, an interesting role you're going to sing. Are you doing the pants role I here? I am. I am. We'll hear soprano and mezzo. Your character will be singing... Uh, the men's part in the presentation of the Rose Duet from the comic opera De Rosen Cavalier by Richard Strauss from 1911. <laughs> Und wohl geht 
Gretchen Wint, mezzo-soprano, Clara Hurtado Lee, soprano, performing the famous presentation of the Rose Duet, Act Two of Strauss's De Rosenkavalier. This is Highway 89, BYU Broadcasting's music performance program. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Clara Hurtado Lee, soprano, welcome back. Thank you. Not so long ago, you came and did a solo program for us. Yeah, that was so fun. Well, I was very excited to have you come back and sing for us again. Also, we're lucky to have in our little studio audience today your father, Victor, and I hear he's a bit of a singer, too. Oh, yeah. He's the whole reason why I sing. Um, my dad, he, um, his singing was like the backdrop to my childhood. <laughs> and I think I thought that that was normal. You know, you're driving down the freeway and your dad sings Nessun Dorma <laughs> and he showers and he sings um, Pagliacci or something. <laughs> so that was just, that was our family life. And he um, sang as a professional chorister, well, not paid, but in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir uh-huh. um, for all my growing up years. I'm just letting you know not everyone's dad sings Nessun Dorma <laughs> as we're driving down the freeway. But, so from singing in general, it sounds like you were exposed to opera from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes, even before I was born, I'm sure. So, um, I mean, we know that fetuses, as they develop, they get the sense of hearing very early on. So I like to think that I was hearing music. Um, and then uh, as a very young child, my mom... She enrolled my brother Tom and I in a chorus, um, Opera West Children's Chorus, and we had the opportunity at age six and seven to sing our first opera. So we did a double bill of Amal and the Night Visitors and a little 
a little opera called The Lazy Elves. <laughs> I have no idea who the composer was, but all of the elves were named after solfege syllables, and I was La. <laughs> so, did you actually get to sing your note at some point? Yes, yeah, we'd sing a scale you know, together, and La. <laughs> well, we're going to hear you on a beautiful, beautiful duet from La Boheme, so we'll let you take Thank your you. place. This is from the part where Rodolfo and Mimi realize they've fallen in love. Rodolfo is about to leave with friends. He looks back in the moonlight, and he sees Mimi there, and suddenly struck with how he really feels about her. It's called Oh Lovely Girl from Puccini's La Boheme.
O Suave Fanchula from Puccini's Soaring Duet in La Boheme, performed by David Sauer, Clara Hurtado Lee. David Sauer is from Saratoga Springs, Utah, received his Master of Music degree from the Manhattan School of Music. David, thank you for coming today. Thank you for having us. This is a big year for you. You were a Utah District winner in the Metropolitan Opera's National Council auditions. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. You win a little bit of money. You go on to the Rocky Mountain Regional auditions. Mm-hmm. Is that different than juries as an undergraduate? Yeah, or just a little bit. How, what makes it different? Um, first of all, uh, there is money on the line. Um, <laughs> okay. And second of all, the, the audience that you're singing for isn't just your teachers that you see every day at school. They're usually nationally acclaimed uh, either conductors, mm. opera company heads, or famous singers. Um, and so there's a little bit more nerve singing for that caliber of, of judge. So once you start, you start singing, obviously, yeah, I can understand the nerves. But does that go away once you're performing and you're into something you've practiced so much? Yeah, it does. And, and this last year, I think, was my seventh time that I'd done the auditions. And so, and it was my last year that I was eligible. Um, because of the age cutoff. And so I decided, you know what, this year I'm just going to go out and have fun and perform and try and um, convey my love of the music. And and it really paid off in the end, I think. That must be pretty validating. I mean, you do all this studying and singing, but at some point there are certain things you do that if you do them, they're milestones that say, I am pretty good at this. Right. (laughs) That must have made you feel great. It it did. It felt pretty (laughs) good. This is, I don't know, neither here nor there, but we had a question from the BYU Broadcasting staff ladies. Okay. Because the women who go to these auditions have to buy these incredible and likely expensive gowns that mm-hmm. fit the character in the songs. and the, So can you just use your tuxedo you had from high school chamber choir, or do you have to? Do- you know what? Uh, so after I won the district, I actually had a suit made at Nordstrom's, which was kind of nice with some of the money that I won um, for for the district, so I, I had a new suit that fit pretty well, and it felt pretty snazzy when I showed up to Denver. Nice, nice. You got to so you plowed it back into the business, so yeah. to speak. Very nice. Well, we're going to hear you all stretch what you do just a little bit, and we're going to hear another genre that you do. I'll be seeing you as a popular song written by Sammy Fain and Irving Cajal. There are over thirty different covers of this that we could find. Everybody from Rod Stewart. To Patti LaBelle, to Engelbert Humperdinck, the second one, not the first one. Bing Crosby as well. So we're going to hear a cappella, the quartet singing the classic, this jazz standard, I'll Be Seeing You. But when, but when 
University of Utah's graduate vocal quartet singing I'll Be Seeing You. That concludes this edition of Highway 89. Our guests in studio today have been Gretchen Wint, Clara Hurtado Lee, Daniel Tu Tao, David Sauer, and pianist Jed Moss. The Graduate Vocal Quartet is one of the premier voice ensembles at the University of Utah. Comprised entirely of doctoral students in voice, the ensemble actively participates in outreach efforts for the School of Music. Past performances include Kingsbury Hall, the Utah Museum of Fine Arts, American Legion, Rotary Club, the presidents and provosts of the Pac-12 universities. In addition to their classical repertoire, they also, as we just heard, sing music from other genres, including musical theater and jazz. Thank you all for coming. Best luck to each of you as you complete your degrees. Don't forget, we love to hear from our listeners. Send your comments and questions via email to highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite, the show's producer, Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>